The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Good day, America. Welcome, Christians, conservatives, constitutionalists, liberals, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTV, WXYZ people, all the boot rockers in the house, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio, where we use the Bible and the Constitution not to see who's on the right or the left, but who is on the straight and narrow. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S.-occupied state of South Carolina, the editor at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com, and for our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns about. I hold to the book, the Bible. As the authoritative word of God, glad that you guys have joined us this morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so. SonsOfLibertyRadio.com and also SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by way of Red State Talk Radio and you want to watch the video portion of the radio show, that's right, you can see the face that's made for radio, head over to SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. There you're going to see two videos at the top of the page. The one on the left side is uh, an educational video from Bradley. Uh, he wasn't on on Saturday. I guess I, I, I'm thinking he was working on his book, but I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, but anyway, that education video is up until 3 o'clock this afternoon, which time he should be on, um, 3 o'clock Eastern. So look for that. On the right side of the page is where we're at. Click on the play button. Blow up whatever device you got there. Uh, look for the Rumble icon, bottom right-hand corner, and then click on that. You can join us in the chat on Rumble. we got a lot of friends over there. Good morning. Good to see you guys. And then also be, sub- be sure to subscribe to the channel because we're streaming live over there as well. Sons of Liberty Radio Live. Sons of Liberty Radio Live on on Rumble. And then also beforeitsnews.com, top of the page over there. We appreciate our friend Michael Roach giving us a spot on their platform over there at beforeitsnews.com. Right up under where we're streaming live on sonsoflibertymedia.com is where you can sign up for an email newsletter. Again, that goes out once a day, um, sometime in the late afternoon or early evening. And uh, so sign up for that. You'll get all the articles that we have for the day, including the Morning Show Archive. Now, I have not put up the Morning Show Archive for Saturday yet. I've got it all ready and everything, but there's a lot of stuff going on in our house this weekend, and I'm going to be a busy little bee this week. (laughs) Uh, as I'm having to replace some things in the house. And so um, it's just me and the boys. And so I'm covering everything. I'm having to even cut today short a little bit. Uh, I'm going to have to do just an hour. Um, So if we have to, if we have to come back and do a part two of this, we'll do that. But uh, I'm going to have to do just an hour today because I got to run one of my boys to work. So it's going to be short today. (laughs) All right. Now, as promised, I told you on uh, Friday and Saturday that I'd gotten a mark from uh, or, or a ban or whatever they're given now. I mean, you can't even hardly tell certain things of what Facebook is even doing now. They're just randomly chunking out stuff. I get probably 10 of these a day 
and they're going back through all old kind of stuff and this, that, and the other. Oh, you violated this and you, you can't make any calls, which I don't make any on the, on there anyway. You can't uh, post in any groups, which I, it's a waste of time for me to post in groups any, anyway anymore because everything you post in there is just, you know, it's just gone through and nobody looks at it anymore. So I've got those things, but I got one that said, oh, your, your information is false. SARS-CoV-2, the alleged virus that causes the convids. Uh, has been isolated. Now we've done a multitude of shows on this, but the but their source they gave for us, their self-appointed, bought and paid for fact checkers. When you go over there, they contradict themselves. They don't tell you who wrote it. I mean, you have no way of checking any credentials of this person at all, and they don't give you anything really to substantiate what they're saying. So I passed it along to Suzanne Hamner, who contributes at SonsOfLibertyMedia.com. I said, Hey, can you? What do you think of this? And she wrote back a couple of things, and I shared those with you on the show. And then she started seeing all this other stuff. I said, let's make a show out of this. People need to see what they're doing. Because I think in people's, in many people's guts, they think something isn't right here. Something's wrong. They, they haven't been completely honest with us from the get-go. And so I thought this is necessary to bring to the forefront again. And uh, so Suzanne said, yep, I'll, I'll come on and do that. So joining me today is uh, Sons of Liberty Media contributor, Suzanne Hamner, good good morning. Good to see you. Good morning, Tim. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. And I know you've been very busy. Um, I have. If you don't mind, let me just do this, yes. and I'm going to turn it over to you for the rest. For people who don't know Suzanne, I mean, mm -hmm. she's she's a woman who lives the scriptures. Um, she's apologized to me on many occasions. Oh, I'm sorry, I can't get stuff out. I, but she's taking care of mom and dad. That was the that was the deal that she was doing, which the scripture well, mom says. Now, yeah, mom now, yeah, mom now. But, mm -hmm. but you were taking care of your father for for many yes. years, and yes. so you know, I I want people to understand the kind of person that you are. That you you put your money where your mouth is. You're you're down there, even if you have to cut out the outside world and everything else. You do that, and I'm grateful to God that you do that. You set a good example in doing those things. But Suzanne, I gave yeah. you that that article, and yeah. I told you what had happened. Tell me, lay it on the people. I'm going to give you as much time in this hour as you can you can give. Okay. Um, so I I had to go back and look at all their references. Now I did a really quick run through, but uh, if you in that original source article, one paragraph says, "Oh yes, this cannot meet Cox postulates." Very next paragraph it says, "Oh yes, it meets Cox postulates." Well, it either does or it doesn't. It can't do both at the same time. So you have to go back and you have to look at what they're saying and you have to read their sources. And the reason why you have to read their sources is because that's what they're relying on to say, hey, you know, you're wrong here. This has been proven to be isolated. Well, in reading it, I don't think so, especially when you go and you look at Cox postulates, you look at what Rivers wrote, then you look at all the references they have. So what I did was I did a document review of it. That's that's what I did uh, as a, um, I'm a retired registered nurse, but I also did training in forensic nursing. So I do, you know, document review, a lot of document review when I do anything. But in looking at this, and and there's going to be a few reference points that we're going to have to make. So let's, let's start out with that, and we're going to make a size reference. Um, Everything that they're doing is usually in micrometers or microns, or it's in nanometers or nanometers. So, well, exactly what is that? Well, a micron is equivalent 
to one millionth of a meter. Now, a meter is approximately 39 inches long, or it could be considered as one thousandth of a millimeter. And if you look at it expressed scientifically, it's 1 by 10 to the negative 6 power, or approximately 0 0.0004 inches. So we're talking really small. Well, a nanometer is even smaller. It's 1 billionth of a meter. It's expressed scientifically as 1 by the 10th to the negative 9th power, 1,000th of a micron. Now, a ribosome in a normal cell is 20 nanometers. So we're talking about very small. They're also talking about viruses. Well, what is it? Well, the Latin word virus actually translates out and means poison. Yep. Does it mean these little microbes that are invisible? But what I did was I went back. I, I always use my trusty Tabor's uh, medical, psychopedic medical dictionary. So I went back and I looked up virus and it tells me it's a toxin or poison. And this is the this was the 1986 version so this is what they're telling me a virus is a minute organism not visible with ordinary light microscopy and a parasite dependent on nutrients inside cells for its metabolic and reproductive needs it can be seen with the electron microscopy but here's the interesting thing the definition uh initially it changed in the 1790s we're going to show you that uh, because they related it, uh, the reason it changed was to account for venereal disease and then to the current use that we're using it in 1880s. So it went from being poison or toxin to um, a definition change in the 1790s and then to what we have today, which is what comes out of Tabor's in, that came in the 1880s. So that's kind of the reference point where we're starting from. Okay, yeah, and I, I don't want people to get hung up on too much of the stuff. I want them to get kind of the simple right. things. I'm going to give you the meat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to give you the meat. <laughs> now, uh, in the first reference that I sent you, because um, I thought it would be good to, uh, from my little paper, I thought we're going to read that second paragraph there. Okay, now this is from the NIH website. This is mm -hmm. an article titled Viruses, Vaccinations, and RSV, Exploring Terminology mm -hmm. in Pediatric Virology. Right. And this is the this is the, the part we're going to read. The term virus is an example. It derives from the Latin word virus, meaning toxin or poison. It was it was in 1892, almost 128 years ago, when the biologist Dmitry Ivankiski. Yeah, he that yeah, I can't even say that. <laughs> Ivanovsky, I don't know, in St. Petersburg, Russia, demonstrated that infectious extracts of tobacco plants with tobacco mosaic disease remained infectious following filtration, suggesting that tobacco mosaic disease might be caused by a toxin produced by bacteria. There you go. Isn't that interesting? Mm. Six years later, in 1898, the Dutch scientist Martinus, oh my goodness. Yes, I Bezier, know. I Bezierink, Bezierink. <laughs> reported similar experiences with bacteria-free filtered ex extracts and introduced the term virus for the filterable and submicroscopic size causative agent of the tobacco mosaic disease, although he described this agent as a contagium vivium fluidum. Yeah. Is that, that's, that's Latin yeah. too, huh? His, yes, term was, his term was based on the hypothesis, hypothesis by Ivanovsky, Ivan, 
Ivanovsky. I'm trying to get those names. I right. know that's terrible. That, that, that this agent was not a microorganism itself, but a toxin. The Greek term for virus, ios, into something else to throw the arrow, the poison, the toxin. Although the right. choice of this term was described in a unique manner, some of the characteristics of viruses in, uh, or excuse me, I missed something there, didn't I? Although the choice of this term yeah. was based on the poison's translation into ancient Greek, some of the actions of this ancient Greek verb describe in a unique manner some of the characteristics of viruses. And the Greek term iology, ios, is or has been connected with logos, coming from the Greek verb lego, meaning to talk about. Both terms of virology and iology describe the study of viruses. By the way, that logos is what the scripture says Jesus is. He's the word. Right. So, even though they're talking and they're going on viruses, they're using that term. What do they keep referring to? Toxins, poisons. Yep. That's what they keep uh, referring to. Now, the next reference I sent you was Rivers' actual paper that he did in 1937. Now, remember, this was one of the references that um, was used. In fact, it was the first one in that main um article that you sent me now if we go to page five uh and you'll, you'll see five at the top of the page um we go to page five see five at the top of the page. now start reading from the idea that's that first indented paragraph it's really interesting what you're going to hear okay the idea that an infectious agent must be cultivated in a pure state on lifeless media before it can be accepted as the proved cause of a disease has also hindered the investigations of certain maladies in as much as it denies the existence of boy obligate obligate parasitism yes. isn't that interesting yep and the most striking phenomenon of some infections particularly those caused by quote-unquote viruses so or, what is he doing he's saying viruses are obligate parasitisms okay yeah. Yeah. Moreover, yeah. it ignores the possibility that certain viruses may be fabricated autocatalytically in, in living, living cells. cells. Okay. Now, let me explain what autocatalytically is. Okay. And it's going to come from the term autocatalysis. Now, I put up a Wikipedia definition, but again, I use my trusty tabers, and we're going to tell you what autocatalysis is. It is increased in the rate of a chemical reaction resulting from products that are produced in the reaction acting as a catalyst. Now, you're going to remember that term, and you're going to have to remember this term, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay, uh, if you studied biology, you, you talked about love on the high seas, and that's what my uh, bi microbiology teacher, Mama Griggs, when I was in college, that's what she called it, love on the high seas. It's when the sperm and the egg come together and they uh sperm fertilizes the egg well what happens well something has to tear down that membrane around that egg well what is it hyaluronic acid so what happens you get all of these things the sperm they are releasing hyaluronic acid they are tearing down that membrane so what can happen when sperm can go in so you're looking at two things coming together. Another product is produced. It's making a reaction to quickly dissolve. Uh, so it's acting as a catalyst to tear down the cell membrane 
so that the sperm can fertilize eggs. So remember that. That's kind of like an example. Okay. Did that make sense? I hope I didn't lose anybody. No, nope, nope, it makes perfect sense. Okay. Now, if you go to page six on uh, Rivers Postulates, uh, in that same paper's very next page, we're going to read something else on okay. that. All right. And uh, let me make sure that I have it right. Let me check my own. Uh, okay. So we're going to start at, it is obvious okay. that Cox postulates have not been satisfied in viral diseases. Okay. Moreover, it is equally evident that proof of the etiological uh, significance of viruses has been obtained without their satisfaction. Such a statement, however, does not imply that certain conditions do not have to be met before the specific relation of a virus to a disease is established. So what he's what is he's doing is he's saying, okay, we've got these little microorganisms that really don't have to meet this because they can't meet this. So you see what they're saying? Because it's not satisfying. Yeah. So this is where it comes with his postulates. Okay. Now, so I wanted to get get people to understand that. We're going to take a look at what Rivers postulates are, but in the last paragraph on the second uh, sentence, he says, viruses, regardless of whether they are parasites or the fabrication of autocatalytic processes, are intimately associated with host cells and therefore should always be found at the proper time in specific lesions. Okay, that's important because nowhere in any of these other papers, nowhere does it talk about Autocatalysis, could this be an autocatalytic response? It doesn't talk about uh, parasites, parasitisms, obligate parasitism, leaves all of that out. But this is the paper now, remember, they put up as one of their resources. So what they did, they really didn't read the paper. <laughs> they didn't read the paper. Obviously. <laughs> they didn't read the paper. I read the paper. So, uh, of course, I read this sometime back because... You know, this is one that I rely on. So then the next um, reference I sent you was um, the paramedics world. This is going to give you what Rivers postulates are. So everybody can see what Rivers postulates are. And you can go down and read those. And Rivers postulates, this is what he said. The viral agent must be found either in the host animal or plant body fluids at the time of disease or in cells showing lesions specific to that disease. The host material with the viral agent used to inoculate the healthy host, which is a test organism, must be free of any other microorganism. The viral agent obtained from the infected host must produce the specific disease in a suitable healthy host and or provide evidence of infection by inducing the formation of antibodies specific to that agent and similar material viral the viral particle from the newly infected host the test organism must be isolated and capable of transmitting the specific disease to other healthy hosts now suzanne let me ask you just a clarifying yes. question here because i highlighted yeah. this one here that talks about it must be separated from other things. And yet yes. we know having Dr. Kaufman on, having Dr. Cowan on, they explain yes. to us that they're not doing that at all. Nor, more, no. Mostly, most of us would understand isolation. We understand it when it happens to a prison inmate, they're separated from everybody else and put in That's their right. own cell. Well, what happens with, with, uh, with this stuff? Do they actually separate it or do they actually combine it with other things? 
they combine it with other things. So, yeah. and, and you'll see that, and it's in the paper. And if we go and we look at the paper, uh, what that the one they sent you, the healthfeedback.org, that's very... Because yep. we're going to look at Cox, Cox postulates, too. And you're going to see what I see is that they have really changed Cox postulates because he initially referred to everything as parasite. Parasite, parasite, and it's four postulates. It's parasite. It over time has changed to microorganism, microbacteria, and and some of these papers they intermingle all the terminology. They'll say parasite, they'll say microbe, they'll say microorganism, they'll say bacteria. But Cox postulates originally said parasite. Okay. 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 Yeah. So well, now, um, yeah. Go ahead. The, I've got that on the article, yeah, on the article uh, from Health Review where they, they said that, oh, well, yeah, you're so-and-so, this is not, this is false because of these. People can see, and if you scroll down, it's in that paragraph about Mackey and Lipkin that it says, oh, well, it doesn't, it can't meet Cox it postulates, so that's not, you know, we'll throw that around, can't meet Cox postulates. And then the next paragraph, it says it can meet Cox postulates. So let's let's answer this because they sure. have these images on here and they're using mm -hmm. these microns and nine, nanomicrons. Nanometers, or, uh -huh, yeah, nanometers. Uh -huh. Yeah, the things that you're talking about here. And they right. got these pictures and they say, look, Susan, can't you see what we see right here? Don't you see that this is the virus right here? This is what it is. But time and time again, they get still images. And you were talking about this being an organism. By the way, mm -hmm. as far as I know, you're the only person when we... This was years ago. This was in 2020. Mm -hmm. uh, Suzanne came to me and said, well, if this doesn't make any sense, if this is a quote unquote virus, but they're treating the people are treating with hydroxychloroquine or the ivermectin, those things treat parasites, not viruses. Yes. And that was yes. your thing. And then when we pitched it to Kaufman, he goes, oh, that's interesting. He said, yeah, I can see how that was. But nobody was going down that road that I know of, but you, you were the one who, who mentioned that. Now you're going back through all this stuff here and you're demonstrating, okay, they got a picture. This isn't a living organism. And I like the example that Cowan uh, gives that he's saying, this is debris from a cell that's been sick. It's been toxic. And so yes. it's debris. It's not something that's moving like a parasite. Mm -hmm. They're just getting mm -hmm. this. They're not even getting the parasite part. No, no, you're just getting that little still picture. Um, because if you have, it, we all have parasites. We do. And everybody thinks of parasites as the helmets or the worms. But that's not all parasites are. You can have microscopic parasites. And if you have pets, I guarantee you, you've got parasites. You've got microscopic parasites. Which, you know, when you're talking about getting rid of those, there's a lot of things to use. Hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, chloroquine, chlorine dioxide, fenbendazole, and nitazoxanide. So, but those are the things that they didn't want you talking about early on, which, well, if they don't want you talking about it, well, maybe you're on to something. So that's kind of what I looked at. That's yeah. what they're treating with. Right. And I, I, I got that. And so one of the things that, um, that we were looking at with, uh, with, with the parasite stuff was, because they hadn't isolated the other, it made it much easier to buy into what you were saying in this rather than what these guys are producing right here. So what do you find out that they're saying? What do, what are they what are they saying in the article 
besides the information that you went to the sources and such, what are they saying in there? They saying, well, we really did because this was uh, right above the, um, the image there. Right. That came out of, out of several of the resources that, so you have to go through all the resources, look at the pictures and, uh, and then, and you have to compare what they're looking at. You have to, and, and you got to be careful because these pictures, when you, and you go through their resources, the only one they cite that was an actual that has been claimed as a viral isolation of SARS-CoV-2 was, uh, I think it was Zhao, Z-H-O-U, and that was in February of 2020. It was one of the first ones. But when you go and you read that, and I know it's technical, it's very hard to understand. Tell, tell them where be- it happened at. That was in Wuhan, China. <laughs> yeah, they they went to the very one. They went to the very one that everybody's been talking about. That got all the receipts from Fauci, all the money from Fauci. Yeah, that's and said, Wuhan they went, Institute of Virology. They went yeah, to that that's place. Where it went. Yeah, and so they're building that story. And you were one who also warned the alternative media from jumping on the bandwagon, saying uh, this is they're jumping on the Chinese, you know, lab leak now, and now mm-hmm. the Mockingbird media is carrying it too. So, and, and sure, there were money. I don't think either of us deny that, that there's money yep. that was given there. But sure. but, the, but the question, again, arises, they're saying that different labs across the world have isolated this. Okay, then how come no other scientists, no other doctors, no, nobody out here can get a hold of one? That's anyway. it, and that's the thing. No, nobody has. And mainly all the work went on in Wuhan, in China, and in Germany. A lot of the studies, you know, that that's where they interesting. went. Interesting. I found that very interesting. And in one of these resources, and you'll look, they cited a computer firm. <laughs> a computer firm. And that was very interesting that they the Leibniz Institute was in one. But the only one they cited for uh, viral isolation was the Zhao study. And so you had to go through and you you, you read that. So you got to get through all the technical stuff. Then you get to this nice little paragraph that tells you, well, guess what they did? They put whatever they said they had. Okay, well, that's not what did you put in there? You cultivated it on this this stuff on Vero E6 cells, which those are kidney cells from an African green monkey. You also grew it on HUH7 cells. That is a um, uh, an immortalized cell line from the liver of a 50, I think it was 52 or 57 year old Japanese male. Well, what are immortalized cell lines? Cancer. That's what it is. So you've already got cells that are kind of compromised anyway. From, because they pulled this these cells out of the sky. So they're growing it on that. Then they add uh, 2% fetal bovine serum. Wow. What's in that? Okay. I'm just asking the question. I didn't do any of this. I'm just looking at this and asking the question. Well, can then I ask something a, on that? That, that maybe some sure. people are thinking. Well, if they're looking to isolate it, and then they go putting and culture it with all this other stuff. Can they not find it out of the tissue that they took out? Why do they have to culture it? 
if it if Thank it's allegedly you. in a if it's allegedly in a human and they're mm -hmm. they're taking I don't for lack of better term I don't know all the specific medical terms maybe you can If they're it. taking sputum, if they're taking throat cultures, right. yeah, put it under there in and the can't, wouldn't you be able to see it without having to do all this other stuff? It looks to me like they're they're doing they're almost performing alchemy uh, claiming that they're going to take this this piece of tissue and turn it into uh, you know, they're going to show that it, that it has a virus, but yet they do all this other stuff to it rather than just showing you right out of the tissue. That doesn't make sense to me. That, it has never made sense to me. Never made sense to me. You can grow bacteria, fungus, mold on an agar in, in a Petri dish on, on, the, on the plate. You use agar to grow that. But here's the thing. You can also, when you look at it, you can also, you know, should be able to find something in what you've God, because what you're doing is you're taking something from a human, like a sputum sample, a nose swab, mucus from the throat. Then you're mixing it in with green monkey cells, cancerous liver cells. You're adding fetal bovine serum to it. You are then bombarding it with amphotericin, which is an antibiotic, penicillin, and I think uh, streptomycin, I think was the other one they, they did. Okay, well, supposedly you're killing off everything and none of this stuff will work on viruses. So you're killing off everything. So you're going to have this virus left. But remember, amphotericin can be toxic to these cells. So either you have to be careful about what you're giving and how much you're giving to somebody because you can damage normal cells with it. How do we know that's not what has happened when they're bombarding it? We, with we don't know. We don't. Yeah. You have to take their word for it. Then when you look in, in that previous picture that we looked at, if you'll notice, you have the what they say is a cell. Then it's got all these little things in it that they're saying is coronavirus. But then next to it, you've got another uh, circle that looks the same as what they're showing as a cell. But it's got nothing in it. There it is. So if that's a cell that's got all the stuff in it, what's the, what is the other stuff? that's blank is that a cell too what's all the other stuff around it what's that that doesn't tell you but that's what they tell you if you read the picture that the caption that's what it tells you so what exactly really are we looking at we're not getting the full picture yeah they're saying this is a photo of a SARS-CoV-2 uh, viral particular particles in cell culture obtained via electron micros micro microscop microscopy thank you very much <laughs> it's hard yeah yeah when you're not it's hard when 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 you're like me you're a redneck and your tongue isn't meant to do all those little things there it makes it a little difficult but yeah they they don't explain whatever else is around and how do you come to the conclusion that this particular thing right here this one out of all these other things here how do you come to the conclusion that that is the the thing that you're looking for how do they do that suzanne well that's a good question because here's my thing well if you can get it in the, if you can see it on that electron microscope and they can do in vitro fertilization of, with sperm and eggs, you're telling me that you can't suck that stuff out of that little button and say, oh, yeah, here's a whole virus. Here's the whole thing. Right. That's not what they did. That's not what Zhao did. What they did was they did, did all of that and then say, oh, yeah, we've got it. Then they use RT-PCR. We all... I don't even want to have to go through all of that spiel again. I think I've debunked that enough. Carrie Mullis did it for us. I just repeated what 
he was talking about. It's not a diagnostic tool. And then they said, oh, yeah, we found RNA genome all over the lab. I'm like, okay. You found RNA genome all over the lab. Okay. Well, if you listen to Dr. Merritt any, and she's done a lot of research on this, RNA is has a half-life of 2 to 16 hours. Remember them saying how they had to keep this stuff, this injection soup, so cold because it would yep. degrade? It's yep. like minus 80 degrees Celsius. Yep. So you ever heard about it? Mentioned one time, then it's gone. Well, it degrades in 2 to 16 hours. Uh, half-life, that means it's got a half-life effect. That means 50% is destroyed between 2 and 16 hours. Well, in another 2 to 16 hours, another 50% is destroyed and so on. That's what you call half-life. So, <clears throat> have you seen any big freezers around? No, this was, this was something that... Yeah, this was something you yeah. and I talked about because I yeah. played the guy who was, what was his name, Perna, uh, who yes. Trump put in charge of the uh, the Operation Warp Speed, and he was talking about all these cold tempers they had. They, the yes. military was going to be delivering. How many of you yes. saw the military at your local CVS or your local Walgreens or anything like that? Nope, but we you, saw, none. you saw a lot of FedEx. And what, <clears> does, does yep. the FedEx have, I'm sure they probably have some refrigerated trucks. They probably do, but they're not a common thing. I, I know that for mm -hmm. sure. So no. how many of you saw refrigerated FedEx trucks pulling up to your local pharmacy, dumping this off, pulling it up to the local Walmart or wherever and dumping these things off? They weren't doing that. I think it's a whole science fiction movie that they're presenting to us. And uh, and it's to get us to buy into their lies about viruses, about vaccines and the whole nine. yards. That's just me as an ordinary person who's not a nurse, not a doctor, didn't spend a night in Holiday Inn Express or play one on TV. But remember what this guy said. They went around, they tested with PCR on, on the, the monkeys. They tested the lab and found what? mRNA genome everywhere. Okay, well, this got a half-life of 2 to 16 hours, and this depended on temperature and all of the other factors. How are you finding it using RT-PCR? That's what they were using. Yep. So you can find anything you want with that because it doesn't tell you anything. It doesn't tell you anything. It just tells you you've got something, if it tells you that at all. Because even carrying, it's not a diagnostic tool. It's used to magnify something that's already there. Well, you've got to know what you've already got in order to magnify something out to know what it is you're studying. That was the whole point of having the PCR test. So when you go and you start looking at that, okay, you've got mRNA genome or you've got RNA genome, well, what have you got? Well, in another paper, and th this is all in these references, and you can go read all these for yourself. They said, okay, well, it's 96.2% similar to this bat thing that we found. Okay, well, the genetic difference between man and ape is 3%. So are you going to say that we're apes or apes are human? But that's what they're trying to say. Oh, yeah, this is where it came from. So are you saying we came from there or apes came from what? You've got to start looking at that and saying, how ridiculous does this sound? Oh, it sounds how absolutely ridiculous. ridiculous. And some guys in the in the chat are recognizing <laughs> somebody yeah. said, boy, if you put this thing in there, it's going to freeze solid. And he says, he says, believe Hello. me, I'm in Michigan. I know. <laughs> so, uh, he talks about antifreeze. But but yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. And, and you start to think, well, if you're going to 
take the the virus and I've got somebody up here making smoothies or something, but I, yeah. the, you, you, you've got, you've got the issue of this coming out and then yeah. they're freezing the shots. And my immediate reaction was, okay, yeah. if you've got to do that to keep it stable, what happens when you put it in a 98.6 Fahrenheit body? I mean, right. what's going to happen about there? That. Yeah. What, yeah. I mean, they don't really tell us mm -mm. why this major transition from sub degree uh, sub-zero degree temperatures to your normal body temperature, how that's going to affect whatever's in there. Uh, and obviously, if if they actually did do that, if they actually mm -hmm. kept it that cold, how, you know, what's what's the real reason? And then how does that transformation happen once you warm it up a little bit and you inject it in the body? Even if you warm it up a little bit, I mean, if it's going to degrade, if it's going to become un un undetermined, unstable, makes me very, very um, uh, pessimistic about what they're doing with whatever they're doing. And and it should. And that's something, because remember, they said, oh, well, before we give it, we've got to thaw it out. And then it's only good for a certain amount of time after that. Okay. So each vial supposedly contains, let's say, I, I don't remember, I think it's like 10 doses, maybe. So, okay, are you going to use that whole vial? And how many vials are you going to have to thaw out to give all these people these right. um, injections? Are you going to have enough people coming in all at one time to thaw out this whole lot or thaw out these bottles? And, and then do you attempt to refreeze them if you don't use up the vial, if you don't have enough you people coming in or do you, you throw it away? Because, exactly. You have to throw it away because then it's, is going to the degrade point that it's unusable. So then how many, how many, how many, how feasible you, is that? How, how many vials would you think were thrown away because they didn't all get used up? Probably a lot. And I would hit, I would hazard to guess that for unused vials, they just probably put it back in the refrigerator for the next. And if you, I mean, if they treated it like anything else that we use in medicine, if we open a vial, say like a TB skin test, we open it, we put a date on it, how long it's good. We uh, pull up how much we need to use, stick the rest of it back in the refrigerator. And then the next person can get a dose out. Incredible. Same thing with, you know, um, but because it has an expiration date, you have to use it within a certain amount of time. You don't use it within that certain amount of time, it's got to be thrown away. They're doing the three-card Monty. Away. They're doing the three-card Monty then. They're telling you it needs to be frozen. you got to warm it up, use it. And then if they don't use all of that up, if they don't have enough people coming in at your local Walmart, your pharmacy, or whatever, then they're going to have to throw it away. But they're not throwing it away. Are we sure they're, and they're are we putting sure it in the they're fridge? throwing them away? Or are they just putting them back in the refrigerator? Well, that's what, I, person. <laughs> that's what I guess because they're getting paid for every shot they're given. Now and remember too, um, the first MR, the first RNA, you know, shot technology came out, and I forgot what disease it was. Uh, I wish I could remember. Was it now, from anyway, that guy who was Moderna who said he could hack the people? And I think they took a person with cancer or something. He that's was what about. it was. What, but was now, one? see, this was in like a couple years before the condos yes. hit. Yeah, it was a million dollars a dose. A million dollars for this technology. So you're telling me that, and you know, and when you start listening to, you know, Dr. Tim Penny, Dr. Merritt, uh, Sasha Lotopova, and you start listening to what all their research is, it really makes you start thinking. I didn't do the research, but they made me start thinking in different ways about this. So when you're talking about the cost is a million dollars three years prior, 
Now you're getting it down to less than $35. What? What? Why didn't you get In a short amount of time, not a long amount. In a short amount of time, not over decades, years, three years. Maybe you, you gotta think. But, what's, may, but what's may, going on here? But maybe some of that might be due to the fact that they were getting money coming from governments who stole it from their people who didn't have authorization to give it to Big Pharma, and they did it anyway. That's By the awesome. way, you Trumpers, that's what Donald Trump did. He gave billions of your of our dollars to Big Pharma, and then tried to claim that Big Pharma doesn't like him. No, they love him to death. He's a good pimp for their sorceries. He really is. But that's. That's one of the issues. Maybe that he's, because he's they got he's, such a big bulk order, maybe mm-hmm. they said, "Hey, we'll let that slide because you're gonna you're gonna make us rich by buying all these things for these people." That's you know a majority of them. They're gonna get injured or they're gonna get uh, they're gonna they're gonna die. And it's a possibility, but think about it. It had to be kept so cold to keep it stable. Well, I go down to the local uh, pharmacy here, Walgreens, CVS, wherever you want to go. Do you see any big, real, uh, heavy-duty, low-temperature freezers there? I don't even see refrigerators. I've never seen one. They've got maybe a refrigerator. (laughs) I've never seen one of these freezers. Yeah, me neither. Never seen one. So where are they storing them? Because you you can go by, it says all the time, get your free convict shot, schedule online, you know. Okay, well. How are you keeping that from destabilizing? Yeah, so, and I think that has to be taken in with what we're talking about. Yeah, so, yeah, with the with the going on, you've got this thing about a sequence based identification of microbial yes. pathogens, a reconsideration yep. of Cox postulates, and some things yep. like that. Going back to the, you know, the 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 root of what they've told us, which I believe is a lie. I mean, that's I me. Um, but when you when you've got that, what do you find out about that as well? But see, when you, when you start looking at this, everything talks about recovery of an entire, uh, let's just, let's say, parasite, microorganism, microbe, anything. It's a complete, they, they don't talk about discovering genetic material or any RNA material. It's the whole thing. And if they can see that whole thing on an, you know, and just follow my thinking here. They're telling you here in this little circle, these little things, that's the virus, okay? Well, if you have couples who are having trouble conceiving, they can do what they call in vitro fertilization. That's fertilization in a test tube or on a Petri dish, however you want to call it. So they can actually take that sperm and fertilize that egg with it. So you mean to tell me they can do that, get that little sperm, get that little egg, which those are very small as well. Do that, but you can't poke, pull out that little piece from that cell and say, "Hey, I right. got a whole thing." Yep, they can't, and and I think that's, I really? think that's part of the okay. deception. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> part of the deception. And we read Revelation eighteen twenty three. They they deceive the nations by their their sorceries, their pharmakia, um, mm-hmm. and that's what they're ultimately ending up doing. They're pushing a narrative so they can sell a product. And exactly. I, I hope people understand that that that's what they're doing. They're there to sell a product. And it's a deadly product. Uh, again, you know, I'm thinking of, you know, and I pulled this open. Let me just make mention of this, that the Bible tells us <clears throat> in uh, Psalm 139, I'm going to look over my microphone here. It, 
the writer says, Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shineth as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to thee. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. My substance was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. And one of the things that that strikes me there is how the psalmist is saying we're fearfully and wonderfully made. We have bacteria Mm -hmm. all inside us, all outside us. We have parasites all around us. And yet, Mm -hmm. for for the most part, I'm going to say the average person is kept free from sickness of those things. How mm-hmm. are they? How is that happening? Because we have an incredible creator who created all these things, the visible and the invisible. Uh, he's made all those things for his good, for, for, for his glory and for our good. And somehow there is a barrier that's there or there is a, a balance of things within and without us that keeps us from constantly just being sick all the time. And I I wish people would recognize that because then you go to Psalm 91, he talks about hiding yourself in the shadow of the Almighty and that he protects us from the perilous pestilence. I mean, it's pretty incredible what the Creator has done with us. And I want to give him credit for these things because when these men come in and think they know more than the Creator and they try to push this stuff on us, that's where the problem is. If they can produce it and they can do it over and over and over, I have no problem with it. I think that's real science that you can produce because that's we work under laws. Even mm-hmm. nature's laws come from nature's God. And we work under those laws because they don't change. If you can reproduce, it doesn't change. But this that's stuff right. right here is not what people think. And I think they use a lot of big terms and a lot of Frankenscience and stuff like that to to try to get us to a point mm-hmm. where we believe them so we buy their products. That's That's what I think. And, and that makes sense because unless you have somebody that's going to break down the terminology for you to let you know what something is, they're not going to do it for you. And how do we know that this is that what they we're seeing is not the cleanup particles for the cell? Oh, cell's damaged, so I got to go in there and clean up. Got a little cleanup crew. <clears throat> we don't know that. Yeah, we don't. We have to take their word. <clears throat> we have to take their word for it that this is the coronavirus. Okay, but couldn't it also be something else? Of course it could. It could be a product of an autocatalytic um, reaction. By Like we talked about, the two, the sperm and the egg meeting producing the hyaluronic acid that then destroys, remember that's, it, it's the catalyst that helps eat the, eat the membrane away so the sperm can fertilize the egg. Then you've got, okay, could it also be a parasite? Well, Cox's postulates was originally, he talked about it, parasite, parasite, parasite. And there's a, I put a reference in there for that. I mean, there's a lot of things that you just have to look at and start asking questions. And when you start asking those questions, it leads you to other places to kind of check things out. But when, even in these papers, when they're talking about what they had done, in one of the studies, it said, okay, we tested with RT-PCR uh, this group of monkeys on day one through four, and they had, uh, yes, they had it, but then on day five, six, and seven, we got nothing. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let me get this straight. You're telling me you got it in one through four on the PCR to RT-PCR. They got it. They're sick. They got the coronavirus. Then you're saying on days five, six, and seven, you can't find anything? And you didn't do anything to them? 
Right. Right. Exactly. Which, yeah, yeah like, again, th- this, this, find this that so. runs contrary to <laughs> what to what is actual science. And that's what right. I, that's the part I guess I'm wanting people to. I believe that there's real science uh, mm-hmm. as the study of creation. And we look into things and we and, and I, I believe there are doctors who genuinely are trying to make to help people who are sick. I, I believe there are some real doctors who are trying to do that. Um, but then you have all of this other stuff behind the scenes that's presenting a story that can't, it doesn't seem to be able to be replicated anywhere. And though they, again, let me point people back to this because this was an interesting thing. This particular article that we're talking about is called, mm-hmm. if you want to look it up, uh, you can use a search engine. If if I'm going too fast, just back up the video. If you're on the pl- video platforms or go over to our Rumble channel, you can get it. Or you can go to the archives. I'm going to have all of Suzanne's references in there. So you can go look at it yourself. This one's, it's called, excuse me, healthfeedback.org. And the, the article is called The Virus That Causes COVID-19 Exists and Was Identified and Isolated Multiple Times by Independent Research Groups. The thing is, is no, there's no author to this. You can see at the no. first, there's no author. I can go all the way down to the bottom here. There's no author. Now, it does have that there's an editor, Flora Teo. She's, um, she's got her degree or whatever out of Singapore. She's, she's an Asian woman. I, I didn't know if that, if she might be Chinese, she didn't look Chinese to me, but mm-hmm. uh, she is an Asian woman. I don't know if she has any pull in that or not, or if she's the author of this, or if she got this somewhere else, but I'm just showing people, they didn't even give an author to the particular um, article that we're referencing here. And Facebook is using this to try to get people to believe that when we point out, hey, wait a minute, you guys haven't isolated this at all, and you've you've pushed this on the world. Now you're pushing this deadly shot on the world, and we know it's deadly. The CDC mm-hmm. knows it's deadly. The FDA knew it was deadly before it was even turned out. Pfizer knew their shot was deadly. All of this, and yet we can't even get a, a name on this, and we've got contradictory uh, sources from what you're pointing out here, and that's. That, that's why I'm glad that you're coming on to show people this, because I know you're like, Kate, you care about helping people. It's not about a moneymaker for you guys, mm-hmm. uh, even though no. uh, I know Kate does some consultation stuff. But but the fact of the matter is, this, it isn't about that. It's about getting people the truth so they can make a, a, a decision based on the truth, not upon uh, some falsity that somebody's given them. And I know a lot of, and and you got to know where I came from the the medical profession, and I'm an old dinosaur. I uh, graduated initially from a school of nursing because at the time that's what you did before you went and did anything else. Um, there are no more schools of nursing. We were put through through the ringer. So when we t- when they gave us about illness, bacteria, viruses, you're like, okay, that's what it is. You took that as, okay, somebody's done all the work and proven all of this. So, yep, I was in that camp. And it was only when I started doing the research myself and looking at all sorts of things. And it was like, wait a minute, what's wrong with this picture here? And so then you just keep researching and researching, researching, because you're like, surely to goodness, in school, they would tell you what is fat. Well, what ends up happening is you get all these people that are in the field and they've got multiple letters behind their name. And it's like, oh yeah, they're virologists. They're this, they know what they're doing. Is I can't read these scientific papers, so they say they did it. Okay, we take that. But it's not that maybe you understand the process of what they're doing, but 
you have to look at do they have something what I would say is clean, uncontaminated. Well, when you're putting in, when you're growing something or trying to put something in green monkey kidney cells, which probably has things in there, you're doing cancer cells. Well, that's a that is already a mutated cell to start with. Then you're adding fetal bovine serum. Well, what's in that? Then you bombard it with amphotericin, which can kill normal cells, penicillin, streptomycin, or whatever else they put in there. What do, what are you doing? You well, know, you're, how it doesn't do you sound know like what you've got? Yeah, it doesn't sound like you're isolating anything. It sounds like you're mm-hmm. having a potluck full of DNA that's yes. being thrown in there. And mm-hmm. I, again, I'm at a loss for how they do things because when I read Dr. Cowan's little book, I bought it for like five bucks, off, five bucks off his website. And we had him mm-hmm. on the show. I was yeah. like, he has such a simple, easy to understand explanation as to what they do with it. And then they try yeah. to convince you that after they dump all this junk in their tissue, that's supposed to have this virus that somehow mm-hmm. they've isolated it. And it goes against every definition of isolation that I've ever read or that I've known. And it goes against just common sense. Exactly. And and there is so much information. We're probably going to need to do another show. We can and the do reason that. Being because I want people to see that, you know, I'm not pulling all this stuff out of my dress here. You know, this was stuff that I had to go through and read through. And then they even talked about, well, you can't grow it on the cell medium. Oh, what? You can't grow it in cell medium. Okay. Well, if you're not growing it in the cell medium, how, how are you growing it? Are you putting it in the monkey kidney cells and then you're ripping it out of the monkey? Uh, but you're putting it on these uh, HUH7 cells, which are immortalized cell lines. So if it can't be grown on a cell medium, then because of it needs certain nutrients and not to reproduce it, what are you doing? Yeah. What are we doing here? Suzanne, so, let's, let's and you'll see that in references. Let's plan to come back because you uh, we've still got okay. a, we've got four or five or six different. Uh, oh, you got a lot. Yeah, more information <laughs> that we can share with people, and I, I think the more ammunition people are, are armed with, the better they are to protect themselves and to help other people by showing them some of the stuff as they learn it. Uh, we yeah. got about we got about thirty seconds here, so tell people where they can find out more about you, uh, your video sites, and stuff like that. All right, you can find me on brightion.com at. Uh, uh, the channel is Suzanne Hamner one, but it's called Hamner out. I haven't done anything in a while because I'm still suffering with the dizziness here. So sometimes if I'm tottering around, that's because I'm, I'm kind of having the dizziness and I've been taking care of my mom. We're trying to move. Uh, so uh, you can find me there. I'm going to be starting probably a Substack um, account. So I'll call it Hamner it out. And I'll probably end up doing something on Odyssey because I can also not only do videos, but you can also put up uh, articles there that you can read and see exactly where I get some of the stuff okay. and materials I use. Okay. Suzanne Hammer, thank you so much. Hang on. I'll say goodbye to you off air. Guys, catch Bradley at 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, sonsoflibertymedia.com. We'll be back with you in the morning, 6 a.m., bright and early. See you.